Welcome to CareCast, CareNet's podcast on family, faith, and life with Roland Warren, CareNet's President and CEO, and Vincent DeCaro, CareNet's Chief Outreach Officer. CareCast and more pro-abundant life commentary from CareNet can be found at care-net.org, where you can watch videos, download eBooks, and subscribe to the Abundant Life blog. Now let's listen in on what Roland and Vince have for us this week on CareCast. So Roland, you know, here we are for another episode of CareCast. I think um, folks will be listening to this here as we uh, get into spring. So Yes, spring has sprung. Yeah, April showers bring May flowers mm-hmm. and all, all that sort of yeah. good stuff. So. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, you know that it was a long winter. I was yeah, starting, I was getting yeah, getting yeah. Depressed there. yeah. I hope you didn't wait until spring just to, to shower. I mean, May showers are, <laughs> are actually rain. <laughs> that's yeah, that's yeah. supposed to come. To, I I hope that yeah. you and our listeners were not waiting for the April showers, right? In order to shower, right? I know. I, some yeah, people yeah. like just don't shower all winter, thinking I'm <laughs> just going to take this literally. They, yeah, and and I've. I've I've had roommates that have taken that. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a public service yeah, yeah, a for public, all. <laughs> a public service. It's talking about rain outside and yes. you know flowers growing. Yeah. Yeah. So gotcha. good, good. Well, that's our that's our I guess climatology lesson for today, um, mm-hmm. or something like that. So yeah. good. Well, you know, Roland, as is usually the case, you know, the things that we like to talk about here on Carecast often just spring from discussions that we end up having in our morning devotions or out in the hallway or whatever it might be. And you you just pointed out something that I thought was just really profound and really interesting. When we were talking about this notion of whether or not, you know, women after having an abortion are likely to, you know, suffer any kind of negative consequences around their emotional, yeah. uh, their emotional health, their spiritual health, uh, those sorts of things. Do they, do they have negative feelings in the aftermath of an abortion? And our culture has generally really downplayed those things. Yeah. And said, ah, oh, you know, that doesn't that doesn't really exist. Women don't regret having abortions. And if they do, it's only because the culture is making them feel guilty about something that they shouldn't feel guilty about. Right. Yeah. But you you pointed out something that, again, is just so profound and interesting, which is this idea of the guilt that folks feel after receiving an organ transplant. Yes. Right. And this is a documented there's documented medical evidence that often there's this idea of survivor's guilt. Yes. Right. So after a person receives an organ transplant, in they feel an initial sort of feeling of, of relief that they're going to live. But then as time goes on, they start to feel guilty. And so why don't you, you, why don't yeah. you kind of talk about what's at play there? Yeah, and, it, and it's very interesting. You can just look it up on the web. There there are lots of sites that, that are counseling doctors and families on 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 this perspective, this, this guilt that someone has um, after having a transplant. In fact, they, they do like some diagnostics on the front end to kind of prepare you for this because it just sort of comes upon you mm. uh, and people aren't really expected. So there's a lot of therapy that's kind of connected with that to help people be able to walk through, mm. uh, you know, the aftermath of a transplant uh, and things of that nature. And, 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 and I just started to connect the two dots because on one side, on, on the abortion side, we hear that well, there's no such thing as post-abortion syndrome or any, any of these things, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And if you do feel, like you said, if you do feel guilty, then there's something wrong with y- you in terms of feeling guilty, not that there's actually something you should feel guilty for. Mm-hmm. And if you think about the principle of a transplant, mm-hmm. right? So the principle of a transplant is, is essentially that you're receiving an organ from someone else Mm-hmm. Whose life is gone, mm-hmm. right. and and in the case of of a of transplant, you actually had nothing to do with it. Right. right. So this is just an organ that comes to you. Mm-hmm. You don't know the person that right. just comes to you, right. and you receive life as a result of the death of another person that right. you don't even know. Right. Right. And people struggle with guilt over that. Right. Because essentially, what's happening is that person's organ is coming to you so that you can have a better life. Right. Less pain, longevity. 
all that stuff. Yes. And that person's life ends mm-hmm. essentially so that you can have a better life and you're not even responsible for it anyway. Right. And yet people still have some guilt related to that. Right. Fascinating, right? Think about abortion, mm-hmm. right? The child is a life. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a scientific fact, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That life really does begin at conception. It'd be a difficult argument to say life doesn't begin at conception. In fact, even pro-choice folks who used to say, well, it's a blob of cells, are, have kind of moved to that. In fact, one of the first articles that I uh, read when I first started with CareNet was by this writer who said, so what if abortion ends a life? And then she goes on to come to the conclusion that it's a life worth sacrificing. Right. right. Basically. So right. And, and, and basically her yeah. argument is that we're starting to sound like flat earthers by trying to say that the baby is not a life. Right. right. That kind of thing. Right. But we're basically saying it's a life worth sacrificing right. for. You know, I, I think she would say I would choose the life of the mother over the life of the child every time. Every t- single time. Yeah. All the while knowing that it is indeed a life, a life right. worth sacrificing. Right. Right. So here's a situation where you actually have a hand in. This child's yeah. life ending, right? And why is that? Right. What's the what is the promise yeah. for for abortion? Right. What is the principle at work that you will have a better life? Right. Economically, right. socially, whatever, educationally, it may be. whatever right. it will be that you abort your child so that you can have a better future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the notion. Right. So in this case, where you don't even know the person, right, and you receive this organ, right. People someone have, else had yeah. to die. Someone else so had to die. You so that live. you could That's have a better life. You have, right? And in this case, yeah. in the case of abortion, someone has to die mm-hmm. so that you can have a better life. Mm-hmm. In the case of abortion, you have a hand in that. Mm-hmm. You have a role in that. Mm-hmm. In fact, you paid for it. Right, right, right. And and there's no guilt there. Yeah. But in the in the case where you didn't have a hand in it, yeah. didn't there have is. a role in it, there is guilt. Documented. Yes. Guilt. Documented yeah. guilt. Yeah, yeah. So so yeah, so the, Long story short, it's it's just if we if we believe the research and the stories and the, the the data around this survivor's guilt around organ transplants, then we have to at least take seriously the notion that there is a very distinct possibility that the same thing is at play in abortion. That after a woman has abortion, there is likely a chance that at least some of those women will have this same sort of survivor's guilt. Yes. Right? My child had to die so that I could live a better life. Absolutely. But the problem, as we pointed out at the very beginning, is our culture essentially just dismisses that. Exactly. So it's not even it's not even possible. Not even possible. So we have all this all this therapy and psychiatry and you know all this to support structures the, built st- around right built yeah. around the or- person who receives the organ yep. and we offer compassion to them care to them mm-hmm. walk alongside them try to help them and re- encourage mm-hmm. them but the woman and, is and it's and it's it's before during and after absolutely. i know somebody who had a had an organ transplant and yeah i mean it was weeks of of counseling to make sure that he was ready yes he was ready right but the woman who's had the abortion yeah. There's no aftercare. Yeah. There's no before care. There's no before. Yeah. There's no counseling that happens before. Before, there, yeah, during, and and there's none after. And yeah. you attack the people who are trying to provide care afterwards, right. which comes through pregnancy centers and churches. Right. So you attack those people, and you actually attack the person. Basically, you you attack the person who's had the abortion too, yeah. because when the person comes in and says, "You know what? I have, re- I have regret." I you basically say something like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah. Yeah. So, and you have no compassion for them. And what we see again and again and again, right, with abortion, with women and men who've had abortions, is that at the time you have the abortion, there's a tremendous amount of relief. Mm-hmm. Like, because I got rid of this problem. Right, right. And there's very little regret. Right, yes. Right? Yeah. But then what starts to happen, I call it the relief-regret crossover. Yeah. 
over time, what starts to happen is the relief starts to dissipate and the regret starts to climb until the person has this crossover where there's really no more relief and there's truckloads of, of regret and it's continuing, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the, per, the time when a person has a crisis and, and where mm-hmm. we're post-abortion ministries like Forgiven yeah. and Set Free and mm-hmm. Healing the Father's Heart that come in in those moments to really help someone deal with that. Right. Well, right. the same thing happens with the transplant. As soon as you get the transplant, tremendous amount of relief. You mean I don't have to deal with this illness or my heart? I can do all these activities. I can connect with my family. Mm-hmm. And then what happens? And then the guilt starts to come in, mm-hmm. right? right? From something that you didn't even do. Right, right, right. Right? So that's yeah. the regret, so to speak, that this other person had to die mm-hmm. so that I could live. Yeah, yeah. No. Even though you had no re- no responsibility for it at all. Right. Yeah. No. It, it's 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 really fascinating. And in fact, yeah. make it even better. The person who the person who died mm-hmm. actually is giving you the gift. Right. They, because they put themselves. They designated on, themselves on a donor transplant list right. to give you this gift. So this is almost like a life that's been given to you freely. Right. And yet willingly, willingly, because yeah. they checked the box. Yep. Right. Yeah. And, yet, and you still feel guilty. And you still feel guilty. But here's the, uh, the life where you, if you look at what happens with an abortion, the baby is doing everything in its power, right? And they have some videos showing that, mm. to get away from the abortion instruments. Mm-hmm. It's fighting for its life. Mm-hmm. It's not giving its life up freely. Mm-hmm. It's fighting for its life. Mm-hmm. So that's why for folk, women and, and men who, who have abortions, again, we don't agree with that decision. But we, after it happens, we have to have compassion, mm-hmm. hope, and help for those people. Absolutely. And come alongside them yeah. with care. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. We have we have to do that rather than disregarding them. Yeah. And compounding basically the misery or whatever that's come from the decision that they made. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And, and you know what's interesting? This just occurred to me. And, and this is another theme that we've talked about here on this podcast, which is that, you know, uh, abortion is the only quote unquote medical procedure. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, we've talked about how sometimes sometimes the pro-choice movement wants to think about it as a medical procedure when it's yeah. convenient for them. And sometimes they don't. But anyway, right. it's the only medical procedure that's protected by the Constitution. Right. You have this constitutional right. Yeah. So anything that could potentially interfere or delay or whatever with yeah. that medical procedure is considered unconstitutional. Right. right. So it just occurred to me that this idea of making sure that maybe women have some counseling or somebody talking to them about the procedure beforehand that could potentially maybe delay the procedure in any sort of way. And, and there actually are have been yes. you know le- legislation that's been proposed around waiting periods and things informed like that. Informed consent and all Inf- of those Yeah, things. informed consent, waiting periods. All that stuff has been has generally been thrown out by courts as being, quote, unconstitutional. Absolutely. Right? And so just... So, but on the transplant list, you have to provide them exactly. with all this information. I mean, I've had surgery before, and yeah. not just any other kind of surgery, all this information, mm-hmm. right? And part of that is the psychological uh, breakdown. The preparation that yeah. happens there. But because abortion is a med- is medically uh, a, the only medical procedure that's constitutionally protected, you have a constitutional, you have a constitutional right to it. We can't do any of those other things because those will interfere or delay. Yeah. It's really just it, – it just goes back to show you how Roe versus Wade is just so problematic on Upside so many down. levels yeah. in terms of you know protecting abortion in the way that it did in terms of a constitutional right. Yeah. So – well, Roland, this is real interesting stuff, but I just love your insight there around, you know, kind of making this connection between the survivor's guilt of an organ transplant and, and what could potentially be happening with, with abortion. So, and, and, and again, we want to reemphasize uh, yeah. that, you know, because of this, 
That's the reason why we have ministries like Forgiven and Set Free mm-hmm. and Healing the Father's Heart. Yeah. Because yeah. despite what people are telling you out there, right? Right, right. Folks do regret this. Yeah. And often it's many, and, many years after. And, and basically, they should regret it. Right, right. It, it actually makes you human. Right, right. It actually does because yes. you realize that there was a life mm-hmm. that was taken so that you can have a better life. And if you're a whole person, at some point, you should have some regret related to that. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so. The, again, this is a shout out for ministries like Forgiven and Set Free and Healing the Father's Heart, which mm-hmm. are, are available through pregnancy centers. That you can come mm-hmm. to CareNet, mm-hmm. lots of different places where, where you can do that and why that's so incredibly important Absolutely. Uh, for, yeah. for post-abortive people that we, oh. ought, that we have compassion, hope, and help uh, right. for them. Yeah, 100%. No, that's a, and I think that's a great, great place to end. So as Rollins said, you know, go – uh, go to care-net.org. We have, and if you're looking for this kind of ministry, yeah. we have a Find a Pregnancy Center locator tool on our website where you can find your nearest uh, pregnancy center, contact them, and ask them if they have this kind of ministry available. Yep, so. absolutely. All right, thank you, Rollin. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of CareCast. For more Pro Abundant Life commentary and practical resources, please visit care-net.org. There you can subscribe to the Abundant Life blog, giving you access to videos, ebooks, podcasts, and other resources to help turn your pro-life passion into pro-abundant life action. Until next time, we pray that God blesses you and yours daily.